like you said, it's definitely interesting to like look back at it and see all the little things that you might have missed mm. like in the moment, but yet like I can see now that it's like he never stopped pursuing me or like calling me back to him. It just like took hitting a lower point to actually like realize that, right? And like actually hear that. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Doherty and I'm your host. Today we have a second year student with us from Ontario. Her name is Haley Martin. Haley was with us last year as a first year. She uh, decided to stay a second year and we're just really just a few weeks into that. But uh, I was uh, just asking the Lord, you know, who, Lord, who among the student body would you want me to, to interview? Would you want me to have a talk with? And um, Haley was somebody that came to mind. I asked some of the other staff and they said, yeah, definitely talk with Haley. So here she is. So Haley, hi. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for being here. I appreciate you doing this. I know that most people, uh, for some reason, are just scared to death to do this. Yeah, uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if it's like everybody else, in about a minute, you're going to be okay. Uh, because it's just a conversation. Yeah. Uh, Haley, tell us a little bit about your home. Where did you grow up and what was your home like? Yeah. Um, so like you said, I grew up in Ontario, Canada, whole life. Um, we live on a farm, about 35 acres, small hobby farm. Um, it's an interesting situation because our house is like like massive on the outside, but it's three different dwellings inside. So oh, really? I've grown up on the farm with my parents, four younger siblings, um, and my grandparents. And then on the other side, it was originally my cousins. Um, so my mom's middle sister and her three kids that lived with us. And then they moved out oh, probably nine years ago or so, um, moved down to Belize. And then we have just another couple, like old family friends living with us on the other side now. Okay. All right. Good. And uh, is it a believing home? Mm -hmm. It is. Um, Both of my parents um, came to faith, or my dad was raised in like Christian home. He grew up Mennonite, so very believing, Bible-based. My mom would have come to faith later on in her years, um, her parents actually would like when she was little they would drop her off her and her sisters off at sunday school and then go home and then come pick them up when they were done kind of thing um and then i think it was like towards her middle school years that my grandparents actually started like going to church consistently with the girls and like from there yeah their household just kind of changed and switched Mm. for the faith side um so yeah They've both grown up in a faith-based household for most of their lives. Okay. And therefore, I have my whole life. How, do, how many siblings do you have? Four younger siblings. Um, I've got one biological brother who's 19, two years younger than me. And then we have three younger siblings who are all adopted. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What was that like? How, how old were you when they were adopted? Oh, little. Really? I don't remember exactly how old I was. We got... So Caden, my middle brother, we got him at about 18 months old, um, and he's five years younger than me. Yeah, so I would have been around six or seven okay. when we started. The reason I asked is that that's actually one of my favorite topics to mm-hmm. talk about on the podcast, and we actually had uh, the Corbett's here, Summer's uh, parents. She's Summer's one of my roommates, our, okay, too. Okay, <laughs> okay. And... Uh, it's just, it's such a neat thing. It, the stories are incredible. I just had uh, lunch with Bill Bushhouse, mm-hmm. and uh, Bill actually uh, was recording another episode that we're going to air um, our post next week. And, uh, you know, they adopted uh, four children. Mm-hmm. And so the stories are just, to me, they're just such precious stories. Yeah. And I was just wondering, uh, being six, you can remember the adoption, right? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, I would have like, pretty vivid memories of things like the kids going on visits on weekends or Mm -hmm. afternoons to like their biological families Mm -hmm. or um we got the two youngest ones like directly from the hospital as babies and Mm. so it's me and then three boys and then my sister at the bottom and so i don't actually remember getting the call that like you know like she's had another baby and it's a little girl this time but my mom would always tell me she was like it just like like yeah, I don't even know how she would describe it. I just like lit up because it was me and three boys, right? Okay. And so then got a baby sister sort of thing. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So it, you really, uh, you were too young to, to tell me that you noticed any changes or anything or did there's anything you had to deal with with yourself or were you just too young? I to don't really? think so. It was just like, normal to you. Yeah. I don't really remember okay. like essentially life before mm-hmm. having them in the house. So it's not even like I have a time to compare, oh, this is when it was just two of us and this is when it was like five of us. Okay. It was 
almost kind of a natural progression of like just like mom having mom and dad having another kid sort yeah. of thing it was yeah well, that's neat um now you this was a farm that you grew up on mm-hmm. okay so what kind of farm um just hobby farm my grandparents were importing and exporting horses from europe and the states and stuff okay. so mainly horses um i grew up riding and showing competitively really yeah that okay. was kind of my thing okay yep. uh, so showing a horse so you weren't yep. like into the um the, the, not cutting or anything like no, that no i was like the fancy english rider okay yep got to dress up in like the little jacket and tall black boots and how long yep. did you do that uh, i think i started when i was like six or seven and then wow. stopped when i was 13 okay yeah okay yeah. um now now is it still a hobby farm and you still there's still horses um not so much anymore once my grandparents kind of got a little older and they kind of got out of it um so my parents have kind of started using it more for like we've done cattle we've had goats out there we have chickens um yeah a little bit of everything here and there really okay so um how did you become a christian um i was saved when i was about six years old um we always attended the awana programs mm-hmm. on wednesday nights and just kids club you actually and called it awana and not awanas awana yeah yeah, yeah. everybody calls it awanas and really it's not, yeah never heard that maybe it's just down here but. yeah i don't know um but yeah um came home from that one night and i remember sitting on my parents bed with my mom just talking about questions and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah came to faith Okay. Pretty young. Obviously, you can only like understand so much at that age. Right. But yeah, I would say that's when I okay. was saved. What was it like for you growing up in a Christian home, being a Christian? Were you were you homeschooled or did you go to, you were homeschooled? I was okay. homeschooled except for grades four and five. Okay. Or I, mean, I went to a Catholic school. Th- that's interesting. There's more and more Canadians that are telling me yeah, I've been homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I know for a while there, boy, that was really taboo. I have We have relatives that yeah. did it and boy, it was so strange, mm-hmm. you know, to the rest of the, I mean, it was really strange, even more so than down, down here in the States. So you said you were there all but what? Grades four and five. Okay, four and five, and that was you said you were at a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so grades four and five. Um, well, what was homeschool like for you? Homeschool, like, I mean, I guess before going to school, I didn't really have anything to compare it to. It was just kind of normal. Um, and then went to school for those two years. And then coming back, it was a little bit different then because okay. you've got that comparison of, both worlds sort of thing and i would say that there's pros and cons to both like i love people and so being in a classroom with kids my age all day was great Mm -hmm. like having that interaction and whatnot but on the other hand i came home and like part way through my first year back home realizing like how much more i can get done in a day Mm -hmm. as opposed to the school system like i'd be done my school by 12 one o'clock and then off doing who knows what around the farm or reading my books or whatever i wanted to do at that point right so it's what did your parents do for you to to make up for the 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 lack of the social life that you were becoming used to in Mm -hmm. in school um well that was right around the time where i quit riding and got more into like theater and dramatic arts kind of thing okay um so that was actually a really good transition in that sense Mm -hmm. because riding such like an individual sport that even that being outside of home and outside of school and stuff wasn't much interaction with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I got into theater, like that's big groups of people. Um, yeah. And I started that like with a faith-based church group that would run a musical every year kind of thing. Mm. So it was a really solid transition, I think. So you, you had belie- believers around you mm-hmm. growing Constantly. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was, were there rebellious years for you or <laughs> were you more com- pretty complacent as a child? Um, I say that like kind of, I guess it would have been like post COVID were kind of the toughest years for that for me. Okay. Um, just cause I went through this transition of like in high school, I was involved in a solid youth group. I had my close friends there, um, solid church, like everything was just kind of easy and normal for mm-hmm. me. Um, and then after covid that friend group fell apart we left that church um Mm. yeah just a lot of things happened to kind of like shake my world and kind of where i had like put a lot of my like identity and time and all those things um so the next couple years following that was just this mix of trying to replace those things almost and it was just based off of like the people that i could interact with 
kind of following in what they were doing. So like at work, I was blessed with a great job through COVID. Um, and I loved the ladies that I worked with, but they were definitely not like faith-based or believers or anything. And so even just their language and Mm -hmm. being around that, it just, it kind of seeps into you. So they would talk about things that I would, yeah, just thought was so foreign to me or yeah. And so then those thoughts kind of start to sink into your mind and your heart and it's just what you're around all the time. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of became soft to them in a sense. And so therefore they didn't seem as bad to me. And so between that and just like a few other influences, there was definitely a few times where I'd find myself, you know, out at a party at night or out at a club kind of thing. And it's, you just, yeah, you start to go soft to them and justify them because Mm -hmm. everything else is doing them and maybe I'll just feel better doing it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Did that put a strain on your relationship with your parents? (laughs) A little bit, but not to the extent that you would think um because they didn't know it was happening okay um i i still don't think they realized the full extent like i've never actually come out right and told them do they um, listen to this podcast they might i was planning <laughs> on sending this to them so they'll know now um i'm sure it'll strike up conversation later on which is okay um yeah because i think it's good to as it's a little hypocritical to say now, I guess, but it's good to like not sit and hide those things mm-hmm. and just to, yeah, be open and talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sometimes the hardest with the people that you're closest right. to. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So yeah, a little bit of rebellion in there. Okay. I wouldn't say horribly by any standard, but okay. it's still definitely. So that took place during 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2021, 2022 ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, what happened you know what did the lord do in your heart with all of that mm-hmm. um it was definitely a lot of like give and take pull and push because while i was like involved in a lot of that stuff i was also still leading worship at church on sundays mm-hmm. and involved in a youth group that we had on wednesday nights so that i was co-leading with some with another guy and it was actually through conversation in that youth group that i just started to have other thoughts planted in my mind we were talking about um the aspect of eternal salvation um for a couple weeks we went through a book series that we were reading and some of the kids in that group came from the lutheran background and so their stance on that would be that you can lose your salvation sort of thing you can go far away far enough away from god that yeah you have to win back your salvation and it was just one of those staple things that i'd grown up being told that you know once you're saved you're saved you can't lose your salvation and never really thought twice about it Mm -hmm. until hitting that point of like look at what my life has become and come down to and like is that really true Mm -hmm. like how could a good god who hates sin still accept and forgive and love someone who's so deep or so far from him at this point um And I think at that point, that's kind of when he started planting those, like, ideas and thoughts um, in a good way because it it really made it more difficult for me to go and engage in, like, other activities that I now knew for sure were wrong Mm -hmm. without, like, a bad conscience about it. Right. Isn't it amazing what we can justify while we know we're justifying it? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's It's... It's yeah. a scary thing. You know, yeah. we can look back and, and we can see things in our life. Sometimes we're in it right now and we know this is wrong, mm-hmm. but we can justify it. And, uh, and somehow just make it in our mind okay, although we know it's not okay. Yeah. And, and those can be, oh man, you know, it's, I, I look back at some of those times in my life and I can see the Lord's faithfulness. He was still showing himself to me. He was mm-hmm. still teaching me. And I just think, why? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think because we always approach God from, uh, you know, we, we, we have to fight this. We, it's so easy for us to approach God with the idea that he's, he's like me. You know, we see him more as in my image instead of us being in his image. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and so we know there's no way I would put up with it. Yeah. You know, why, and well, what does the Bible say? You know, he, and he doesn't, now, when I say put up with it, I mean, he deals with it. 
Yep. And and while we're going through those things, he's working in our heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's wooing us. You know, and and we know it. Mm-hmm. it. That's what gets me. I can look back and honestly say, I know it. Mm-hmm. I know he's I know he's he's working in my heart and he's saying, Kelly, this is screwed up. Mm-hmm. This is not me. And so there is a there is that frustration that you know we have with this, this is not right. And and it's pretty soon we're just fixed on ourselves. Mm. You know, we're, we're fixed, you know, you've heard me say it in class, we get fixed on our problem instead of our provision. Mm-hmm. And we keep thinking that the only way I've got to fix this, I've got to change this. And all we do is we keep failing. You know, we might do good for a day or two. Yep. <laughs> Here we go again. Yep. And, you know, so what was that process like for you? You know, you're sitting there nodding your head. Yep. 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 What, what was the Lord doing in your heart and where did he take you with this? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you said, it's definitely interesting to like look back at it and see all the little things that you might've missed like in the moment but yet like i can see now that it's like he never stopped pursuing me or like Mm -hmm. calling me back to him Mm -hmm. it just like took hitting a lower point to actually like realize that right and Mm -hmm. like actually hear that um so yeah um once i started like realizing those things and kind of working back to um separating myself from those things that i knew were wrong in my life it was kind of just this essentially war of like, well, I just want to get back to being like the good Christian sort of thing. Like I want to get back on the right track of life. Um, and we had one of the ladies in our church um, come up to me one morning and she was telling me all about how her niece was attending this Bible school in Texas and like, you know, having the time of her life. And, you know, it was still during COVID. So she's like, yeah, it's all free down there. And, you know, and I was like, that sounds great. Um, so that was the first time I heard about the Hill. Um, and yeah, so I applied to the Hill then that spring in April was put on the wait list for a little while. And then I think it was like late July, mid July that I was accepted and then was here in September. And even that transition, like at that point was still, I was still working through a lot of that stuff mm. and definitely came for the like came to the hill essentially searching out good influences in people that would bring me back to the Lord if that makes sense like yeah. it was sure yeah um and then yeah the first week first week even year at the hill you're obviously we started off with your Genesis class mm. and there were so many times to that class. I'm not a crier. I'm not an emotional person. Mm. I like to think of myself as a pretty steady line. And that class was an emotional roller coaster for mm. me. Like, I couldn't tell you the amount of classes where I just, like, I was on the verge of tears mm. just from, like, one line or statement that you would say. Um, and so that just kind of, yeah, essentially broke me at the beginning of the year. And from there, last year was definitely a big still transition time of figuring out my life in Christ and Christ in me and obviously it's it's a process that we continue to go through each and every day Mm. um but yeah specifically first semester last year was big transition point for me you know isn't it interesting how you know you're talking about you know the Lord working in your heart with these things from the book of Genesis and Mm -hmm. so often you know when we're going through things in our life Genesis is probably the last book we go to Mm -hmm. you know we, we go to John you know, which is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. fine. Uh, you know, we, we, we go to the New Testament and to and, you know, from, you know, from those classes, you know, you heard me say several times that if, if you know, if whatever we're learning to a good test for whatever we're learning in Scripture, we need to go back to the first three chapters mm-hmm. of the Bible and see, does it agree with that? Because it's all there, you know, it, that, you know, the, the, the purpose for our existence, you know, God's very image. How is that possible? By his very breath. Mm-hmm. And we see the sanctity of life. We see the, um, the, you know, what God's design for man and woman are, for marriage is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the importance of male and female. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we see, you know, all of that is the basics of, of his life, you know, that we were created in. And it, it does, you know, I love teaching Genesis. I'm so thankful that I, I get to teach Genesis, and uh, those it takes forever for us to get out of those first three <laughs> chapters, you know. Yep. And and you know, so do you remember anything in particular that the Lord was working in your heart through through that first week? 
Um, honestly, there's not a lot of particulars that I remember from it. Your one line that you kind of found into us is it takes God in the man to be the man that God created man to be. Right. And that... Which I got from Major Thomas. Okay. Okay. I didn't see. I didn't even remember that. I just remember Kelly said it. That's fine. You know, I'll just... It's it's really funny, but for years I've, I've said that. It takes yeah. God in the man for man to be the man that God made man to be. Yeah. And I remember where I was when I came up with the saying. Mm. I was sitting in my old office, the, which is Kevin's office now, okay. and I was I was about to go teach, and I remember Major Thomas said something, and I can't remember what it was, and I can't remember where to find it, and so I started, to, I'll just come up with something, and I, that's what I came up with. So for years I've been saying that, mm. and then last year I come to realize the reason it's so close to what Major Thomas said is because it's what Major Thomas said. <laughs> I heard him say it in a, in a sermon the other day. I was listening okay. to a recording of it. Oh, okay, well, there you go. It yeah. wasn't, I didn't come up with that. But but the Lord used it in my life like he has in so many, mm-hmm. you know, people that, that just to, to clarify something mm-hmm. that, you know, it takes God in the man for man to be the man that God mm-hmm. made man to be. Um, we were created in his image. He took us from the dust of the ground breathed into his to his dirt's nostril. I mean, think about it. It's dirt. Yep. And how does dirt live out the image of God, but that God's image live out of the dirt? Mm-hmm. And, and and then you find out, wait, wait a minute. That's our intent, and that's what we've been brought back to. You know, mm-hmm. it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, th- that's, you know, th- I know this is time for you to talk, but I get excited. You go for it. No, no, that's fine. That, that's because that is so freeing to find mm-hmm. out this is this is how I was created, and this is what I'm restored mm-hmm. to. That it, it, it is so freeing because all of a sudden we go back to this, you know, that you start to, you know, you doubt your salvation. Well, mm-hmm. it's because we're okay. We're going at it from the wrong angle now. We're, mm-hmm. we're you know we're starting on the basis of me, and not on the basis of him. Mm-hmm. And his enabling and what he does and mm-hmm. his faithfulness. But but go ahead. So Well, so. I think you used a good word for it, and that is the basis of it is that freedom that I think like at least for me, I assume that for most people brought up in like a believing household, you know that you were created in God's image and you know that you were mm. like created to be like him. Mm-hmm. But when you can sit there and look at it as I can't do that without him in me mm-hmm. and once he's in me, I don't have to do it, mm-hmm. like because he's gonna do it through me. Right is such a freeing thought because it takes the pressure off of that idea of Mm. living the good life, the Christian life, the, yeah, those standards that you kind of set for yourself. Yeah. Like you can't possibly live up to those in and of yourself. Right. And so being able to say, no, God's living this through me and I can take my hands off of it and trust that it's still going to be good because it's, it's his life and he is good is yeah you used a great word for it it's freeing yeah um so with with that now at what point in the first year did you start to to hear this that this started to to penetrate your heart um i think it was like it was within that first week um but it probably wasn't until like part way through the semester that between that and just other things that were being taught to us just Mm -hmm. kind of all came crashing down on me. Yeah. Um, I was still here like living for people and wanting to be with people and the classes were great. I loved sitting in the classes, but it was still that like we have class all week and then yay, it's the weekend sort of Mm -hmm. thing and we get Mm -hmm. to go do things. Um, and at one point through the semester, I don't even remember exactly when it was late October, early November sometime, um, I was returning a book to one of the other students, Abby C., who, mm. bless her, we love her, mm. um, and didn't really plan on talking any much, any more than, like, about the book that she'd let me borrow. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was sitting on her bed just crying and, mm. like, pouring out my heart, being like, Abby, I don't know what to do because I want to be doing things with people. Like, that's what I came here to do. But I feel so overexerted and just like mentally and physically tired from this so like like it's this war of what do I do with this um and from there it was kind of just that like starting at square one of realizing that I was still living for people and I was still trying to do it on my own Mm -hmm. and yeah 
make my own plans and actions with it. And from there, it was just allowing myself to be okay with spending time on my own and with the Lord and starting just from that very basic point of me and God. Like, at the end of the day, that's really all we can rely on and all that matters. Mm. And I was definitely leaving that as, like, a back burner option. It was, well, if people can't do something, then I'll go read my Bible. Or if people can't do something, then maybe I'll go for a walk on my own sort of thing or go listen to some worship music mm-hmm. instead of I'm going to take my time for that. And then after that, I'll go find my people kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so, yeah, it was all semester really but kind of midway semester that those things really Uh, i'm I'm always encouraged when i hear things like that because as a student here i was i was uh, much more hard-headed you know i I grew up uh in a church a strong church and then we had a pastor come in that was just he started preaching that christ is your life the one who saves you lives in you and then we had major thomas come in i can remember sitting in the balcony and listening to him and saying well, this is really good. I don't know why this is so good. You know, I mean, he's talking about the same God, same Jesus. He's reading from the same Bible. Why is this so good? And I had the, and then I came here um, as a, a camper, and I remember sitting in the chapel and the same thought. You know, boy, this is so good, but why? And I actually thought these things out. Same, they're talking about same God, same Jesus, same Bible. Why is this so good? And then I came as a student. And as a student, I remember sitting there at the end of the year, the spring, after all these, all these classes, and I can remember looking at the teacher and, and thinking, this has been an incredible year. This teaching has been phenomenal. But I don't know why. They're talking about the same God, same Jesus. They're even using the same version of the Bible that I have. And why is this? And what had happened to me is I had changed my terminology that I, I would tell people that the Christian life is Christ living in you and through you. Mm-hmm. And I even taught that. I, I left here and I went to Bible college and I would I was teaching a youth group. And I remember explaining and even saying that with the with looking at Daniel in the lion's den and saying that Christ has to live in you and through you, you know, seeing how this is, you know, that all comes back to Jesus. But not knowing what I was saying. And I can remember the youth pastor's wife coming up to me and saying, Kelly, that was so clear. And I remember thinking with a little bit of arrogance, oh, thank you. <laughs> But, but really not knowing what I was saying. And it, it wasn't until really the things that I had been depending on had shown themselves to be nothing but, but, but disappointing, mm-hmm. you know, as good as they were. You know, for you, these friends, this community, mm-hmm. good, but not, not the source of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's going to be disappointing. And for me, it was all of this, you know, being good and studying the Bible and going to Bible school and going to Bible college and getting a degree and, and you know, being trained for a vocational ministry and, and those things just let me down. And it was a similar exp- experience as to you sitting on the bed there, you know, talking with your roommate and I just, you know, where you just, you're so frustrated and you come to realize, wait a minute, I'm frustrated with me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the right person to be frustrated with. Now get over that. You know, stop being so fixed on yourself. And I, I remember telling the student that one time. He came to me, you know, bless his heart, it was the uh it was probably the fifth, sixth time that year he came to me and he's just so frustrated with himself. And finally I looked at him and said, Brother, you know your problem is you know do you know what your problem is? And he goes, What? And I said, You're frustrated with yourself. He says, Yes. I said, No, listen to me. You're frustrated with yourself. And he he just looked at me and he he said, oh. Light bulb. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, shouldn't you be? And, you know, because there's nothing good in me. Mm-hmm. That is in my flesh, Paul says. Mm-hmm. And we keep trying to, we keep looking to ourselves to fix ourselves up so we can go before a holy God and be pleasing to him. Mm-hmm. And we were never intended for that. We were never created for that. We're nothing but dirt. It takes the image of God in the dirt for the dirt to live out the image of God. And, and so, you know, I, I can remember, I can, I can really identify with what you're saying. I, can, I mean, I know what you're saying. <laughs> you know, when you come to that realization, where it is, it's, it is a light bulb moment. And the Lord is so faithful to bring us mm-hmm. to that moment. You know, how many people that 
I've interviewed on this podcast who have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we come to understand that we need Jesus. We can't save ourselves. We need, we put our faith in Christ. But Galatians, our Colossians says in, in chapter two, verse six, as you've received him, mm-hmm. so walk in him. Mm-hmm. And we miss that second part. Mm-hmm. You know, we think, okay, now that I've received him by faith, I have to walk in my own strength for him. Mm-hmm. Galatians 3.3, 3, are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? And Philippians says that he is the one mm-hmm. that's faithful to complete what he has started in us. And like you were you know, pointing out, it, we're free. You know, we're free to be his. And what a... Oh, man, what a just a release it is to come to that. So that was in your first year. Mm-hmm. What, um, so at what point in the year was it? Um, that was around November. I oh, think. my, first semester. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, so the, okay, that, that's interesting because <laughs> I can remember you being in the choir at Thanksgiving conference yep. and just grinning the whole time. <laughs> of course, you are a grinner, but I, could, I can remember that. It's just like, you know, this this girl, I think, is she's in a good place, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. That's yeah. really neat. Now that, that I can, I have that picture of you and thinking, well, this is what the Lord was doing. That's so funny. That's really neat. Um, now, uh, so the, early in the year, uh, how'd the rest of your year go? Rest of the year was great. Um, obviously, still learning things, mm-hmm. um, but with just, again, that freedom. Um, of moving forward and learning things. Um, I guess the next big lesson was, <laughs> this is so funny, it's a recurring theme, but it was your Hebrews class. Okay. Um, uh, that was my favorite class all year long. Wow. Just learning about the rest that we find in him. Mm. Um, yeah, to this day, I'll like go back to Hebrews most often if I just need something to read. That's yeah, my go-to. Too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, and it was just kind of like a good stepping stone off of, what I had worked through in the first semester to then come to this class going through Hebrews and just, yeah, learning that we have rest in Christ kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I have so many sticky notes in that Mm. book now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, isn't it amazing how so many, for me in teaching, I keep going back to Hebrews. Mm. No matter what I'm teaching, there's so much there. And the Lord used the book, the study in the book of Hebrews to open up so much of Scripture for Mm. me. Um, just to, oh, that's what, oh, okay. And yeah, the, the, and to me, just working through Hebrews, you know, the, the, the theme of, of rest, you know, kind of being the, to me, the pivotal point there for the book there in chapters three and four. And, and then to come to find out that the rest is not something, but someone, mm-hmm. you know, again, you know, wow, you know, we keep, we keep missing mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, try, we, we keep wanting to grab on to the, to the results of Christ's life and not Christ. And, you know, it's just, I remember um, Arlene and I were out for supper one time with, uh, with a couple from here in comfort. And I had in the conversation, I had this opportunity to explain this Mm -hmm. to them that, you know, listen, the Christian life is not about you trying to be like Jesus. It's about Jesus being who he is in you. And they both started like they started to get excited, and they were wiggling around in their chairs, and and I thought, oh, they're getting it, they're getting it. And what it really was going on is they were waiting for me to shut up so they could talk. <laughs> and what they said was, that's exactly what the Lord's been teaching us. Mm-hmm. And the the wife said that you know when she first heard it, when she first started to realize this, her first thought was anger mm-hmm. toward the church. Why didn't anybody teach this to me? And then she said, my second thought was, wait a minute this is not on the church. This is on me. You know, she realized that she's had his word. She's had his presence, his indwelling life. And the problem, you know, we always think that, you know, our problem is something else. You know, we never want to think that the problem is me. Right. And, and that is the issue. You know, Paul said, Oh, wretched man that I am. Mm-hmm. You know, he understood that he was the problem. And I love that. I appreciate that because he's the man that said for me to live as Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the same man says, there's nothing good in me. Nope. That is in my flesh. So there is that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are, we are the problem. So, and that's in, isn't that interesting? We're the problem. So why are we going to ourselves to fix the problem? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's we're so messed up, and the and the Lord still, He still wants us, and He still pursues us. Mm-hmm. But isn't that just His character of faithfulness? Yeah, right? it is. Yeah, he, that's right. We get that so wrong. Yeah, but yeah, because He still he, chases after us and pursues us. And, yes. Yeah. yeah, and I appreciate that. He's the one that's faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, even he, when we are not. That's right. Yeah, even when we're not, mm-hmm. and and you know, and that's oh, the freedom that's in that the rest mm-hmm. that is the reality. You know, of his presence, of him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah, that's what we're that's what we're made for. You know, and I've seen it on people who are dying. Mm-hmm. You know, close close people to me. You know, where I've I've been with them, sitting there with them as they're dying, mm-hmm. and both of them just days away, and just to see that rest and that peace, and both of them just so adamant about. You know, this is Jesus. You know, one of them said nothing else matters. Um, it, it just, you know, uh, this, what a good God, mm-hmm. that he would be so patient with us when he's offered us so much, mm-hmm. he's provided so much, and we continually, you know, just, you know, take our eyes off of him. You know, that's, you know, what a good God. So uh, now you stayed for, no, you did not stay for the summer. Nope, I went home for the summer. Yeah, what did you do in the summer? I just went home to work. Um, I knew I wanted to come back for second year. I was accepted at that point. Um, I actually really debated staying for camp. Um, Connor had asked me to stay on as a wrangler. And Mm. at that point, I had once again was kind of like, well, a lot of my good friends are staying for the summer. And finally wrestled through with, no, I need to go home for the summer. And it was literally like two days after I'd come to that decision and whatnot. And then Connor approaches me and he's like, hey, actually, I have a position that you would be great to fill. And I was mm. like, oh, come on. Um, and so really wrestled with and debated that. Um, but yeah, in the end, I decided to go home for the summer, um, okay. spend time with the family and just, yeah, be home, take a break. And it was so good. Like, once again, the Lord was faithful to guide me in the right decision in that because mm. um, I look at it now, and it was really the best decision for me. So, what did uh, what was your summer like? What did the Lord do taking you home? Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I was working full time. Um, was definitely thrown into like some situations with coworkers and whatnot, where you're like, "Wow, coming out of Bible school, this is interesting to look at, just in the world's perspective, kind of thing." Um, and I don't know if there's like a big lesson for me this summer, um, but just that transition of being in the environment of the hill is like you're it's like on it's essentially like being on spiritual steroids Mm. something like that right where it's like you are being pounded in with truth and bible and everything all day long every day Mm. and then to transition back into home it's like i said my family is very strong believers in that so it's not a huge cry off but it is still a little different i'm not getting the teaching that i'm getting every day Mm -hmm. i'm now not with these friends that i've made here that point me back to christ each and every day um so it was really just learning how to take that um and what i've learned at the hill and integrate it into home life um which is still a process i don't think i got it perfect by any means being Mm -hmm. home um but yeah that was probably the biggest thing working through over the summer okay yeah good how's the second year been for you so far so what are we four weeks in yeah something like that um it's good to be back um honestly getting back it was like within the first week it kind of felt like i never left because you're just back at this familiar setting that you've spent the last nine months at and i was like oh my goodness i feel like summer never happened Mm. um it's definitely been an interesting transition back, um, just in the sense that I knew second year would be different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's new people, it's new classes, it's new schedule, um, but in the same place. Um, and I think one of my biggest struggles has honestly been going back to pretty much the same lesson I learned last year for a semester of being okay with just me and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Last year it was having the option of doing things with people and having to be okay with saying no to it. And this year, it's not having that option so often, Mm. just in the sense that it's new people, 
and I'm having to like get to know new people. So you can't just jump back into your solid relationships. And I have a different schedule than any of the first years that I'm trying to get to know. So they're going out to do things in the afternoon. I can't just jump in and tag along with them because I have work day Mm -hmm. or I might have outreach or so it's kind of been relearning the same lesson as last year, just on a new level, which is like simultaneously frustrating, but also like a little eye opening in the fact that you're like, God, I learned this already. Like, <laughs> like why again? <laughs> sort of thing, right? But then at the same time, going, it's a good reminder that just because I went through this last year doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. Mm. Doesn't mean that that like inherent need or want as a human to be with other people it doesn't mean it's gone or that i'm not going to struggle with it anymore it's just that now i know where to go to and who to turn to when i'm struggling with it so it's yeah putting the things that i learned last year back into practice right away this year so well you know what this is what i've come i'm I'm 57 Mm -hmm. and i've been a christian since i was nine and i can tell you this that as as soon as you learn this lesson, you're going to have to learn it again. Mm-hmm. That the the Lord is so. Then that goes back to Him being so faithful mm-hmm. that He He conti- He will continue to teach us the same thing. Mm-hmm. And and really, when it comes down to it, He's teaching us all the same thing again and again and again. Mm-hmm. That you know He is our life, and we need to be fixed on Him. Yeah. You know, which is the theme of the the whole podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, each episode is is what we want to keep coming back to that. And, you know, I appreciate you, you opening it up, segueing into that. Um, you, in our discussion before we started record, you said something that I thought was interesting. And before we, we end the talk, I'd like to give you a chance to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You said during COVID, um, your parents started a home church. Mm-hmm. And it's actually has, uh, well, literally has uh, matured into a, just a, a full-fledged Mm-hmm. church you know you have elders and uh there's um it's well attended um they're 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 meeting at your parents place uh so there's room for people to be there um but t- talk to us a little bit just the process of all of that you know that there was you know your, your parents saw something that said something wasn't sitting right mm-hmm. with them and and they saw a need and they uh, they trusted the Lord and moved toward what they were seeing, you know, trusted mm-hmm. him with it and, and went with it. With it. What, what was going on? Yeah. So um, in Canada during COVID and stuff, churches were shut down pretty quickly um, just because of large groups of people and stuff couldn't meet together. Um, and we had been attending a Baptist church. I want to say it's about 600 people ish, I okay. think. So fair sized church for as long as I could remember. Um, and they did the same thing. They shut down sort of thing. And so we did their online sermons um, for a couple weeks. Um, and then, yeah, at one point my parents were kind of like, like it's it's been the two weeks to flatten the curve kind of thing mm-hmm. and nothing's reopening and can't do this forever. Like this is not what the church was meant to be. Like mm-hmm. we're called to gather and mm-hmm. to worship together. Um, so it started off with just like inviting couple families, three or four families sort of thing that we knew were in kind of that same mindset, same boat. Um, so we invited them out to our place and just simply to do some worship songs together and pray together and wasn't anything formal. It mm-hmm. was just Sunday morning of, Hey, let's sing and pray together. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it was kind of just this like escalation of, we we're like, well, we can do it again next week sort of thing and do it again next week. And then those families start going, Oh, I know another family who would love this and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. And then so that was during summer of 2020 okay by the time we hit that fall we had a pretty solid group that was meeting um and yeah at that point we would do online sermons and we had like a set aside um praise time and sermon time and yeah pretty much a normal church service yeah um we started doing communion some sundays um so then we moved into the barn as the weather got cooler um, still continuing to grow in numbers, um, and then got to the point where we couldn't fit everybody into our barn. Mm. So we moved into the basement, um, which is where we are still now. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's it has been a process for sure of 
just seeing the Lord work through that. Like my parents will say to this day, they're like, never did we plan to like be hosting a church right. sort of thing. Like okay. that was never on their radar. Even when they invited those few families over, like that was not hmm. their like long-term plan or hmm. like vision with it. But it's just the Lord placing people in each other's lives and bringing them to this same place together um, through something as like simple as like a Kijiji ad, which mm. is how we had um, <laughs> one person and her kids join us. Um, one of the men who was like attending our church at that point, he went to go pick something up off of Kijiji kind of thing and just got talking with um, the lady that he was picking it up from. Um, I don't even know about what, I wasn't there for it, but mm. just the story goes that, yeah, they started chatting and then started talking about church and just like, you know, what are you doing with that right now? And it turns out that, yeah, they were, it's a single mom, three kids, and they were just kind of struggling with it all. And so he invited her out. And so they were attending our church for a good little while. Mm. Um, so it's it's crazy, like those little things that you're like, I don't know. Kijiji, which for you Americans is like eBay, mm. essentially, right? Um, it, yeah, crazy how he uses those little isn't things it, to plant people yeah, where he wants them and it? where they need to be at that point in their lives. And that's right? it's so neat to see just how mm-hmm. intricate he is in mm-hmm. working in people's lives. Yeah, and you know, I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate what you're saying, what you're describing. You know, I haven't, I'm not aware of a church mm. that's that did stay open that the Lord didn't do some pretty neat things mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know for, you know, for our church, it was the same kind of thing that the first few weeks, okay, well, well what do we, you know, what do we do? You know, so there was the, the online for a few weeks, but then there came the point where the elders said, no, we, you know, this is, this is violation of scripture. We, we mm-hmm. can't, we cannot we cannot be making decisions based on fear. And I remember there was a doctor um, in the church. We were, we were still living in Louisiana. We had not moved back yet. But what, what we were aware of what was going on uh, here. And there was a doctor in the church that was, th- there were doctors in the church that were in favor of us meeting, but there was one that wasn't. And she wrote a letter to the elders mm-hmm. and asked them to please take this serious. And the elders reply was so challenging to me. They said, we are taking this serious. We're not ignoring our, we're not oblivious to what could happen. We understand that this could kill us. Mm. And, you know, it almost did kill Charlie. You know, he was very close. But their reply was, we know this could kill us, but we're ready to die. Mm. And, you know, what the Lord has done with our congregation, and I don't mean just the numbers, mm-hmm. um, but the, the, the people that he's brought and the, the, the fellowship that we have, the encouraging one another in Christ and the insistence that we're finding uh, among the believers with each other to be true to the word and the encouraging one another to live according to God's word, trust mm-hmm. him for his word, trust him for what he's saying. Um, you know, and, and I'm not just seeing it in, in our, our, just in our church, but you know, you're talking about this you know, little home church people, mm-hmm. group of people, you know, this is what the Lord says, we're going to trust him for it. Let's get together and sing and pray. Mm-hmm. And what he's done with that, and, and uh, churches across the country, that I have seen, you know, you know, it sounds crazy, but dare to trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that, that almost, uh, what a horrible thing to have to say, dare to trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to see his faithfulness has been just amazing. And, and really, uh, you know, with all the craziness that goes on in our society, that's really accelerated since the whole COVID thing with, with all the, the crazy wokeism and leftism and all this stuff that's gone on and this has penetrated our society. Mm. You know, at the same time, I'm seeing that there's a lot of believers now that are solid mm. and, and not shook. And, you know, I, I just, you know, the, that, that are, are being a light of truth. I remember you talking about that a little bit last year. Mm. I was at your place for home fellowship, mm. um, the one night, the first one that you guys did last year, yeah. and just talking about even in the sense of like Bible schools and seeing the 
intentionality of the kids coming into these schools yeah. now over the last couple of years yeah. and just yeah those solid reasons for going for the sake of christ yeah. and strengthening their relationships and that's really where it starts is that those younger mm. generations right and mm-hmm. who knew that it would take something like yeah. shutting churches down or shutting countries down yeah. to like push people out into that and like seek that out and that's something that's a good point because you know you you look over our life you look over church history it's always those hard times Mm -hmm. where the the lord you know is seen doing these incredible things so it's you know we we, you know you look at it it looks like i think we need these times Mm -hmm. you know to trust him and yeah it is you know i'm glad you brought that up The, the the students that we have had since covid um you know we had at his hill I can say, you know, I, I look up back over the years and I, I can say that it's been phenomenal. 20, 25 mm-hmm. years, maybe year in, year out of really unique, strong student bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I can say that since the whole COVID thing, um, there's been a even deeper seriousness among the mm-hmm. student body uh, that it's been really challenging and encouraging for me. Uh, you guys are weird, you know, because you, you, you know, you, you, you want to come to, I mean, while COVID's still in full, full force, you know, student, we had students coming yep. and our, uh, you know, our, we had a waiting list, you know, we haven't had a wait. I think there was only one time in the history of his hill that we had anything like that. And that was in 1982. <laughs> and now we have waiting lists and, you know, it's just, you know, unbelievable. You know, it's, uh, and, and I'm, I'm thankful, not because of the numbers. It's fun to have the numbers. It is. But not because of the numbers, but because of just who's coming. Um, that it's really, it's really something to see. You know, it's really been encouraging to see. So I'm excited to see how the Lord uses you guys uh, going forward and how he's, how he's going to use you in society. Uh, and and I'm, you know, I'm praying. I really am. I'm praying for you guys that... That you be taken captive with Christ, that you be the light that He's made you to be, and uh, and that that He will use you for, and that's going to be neat to see. Well, Haley, thanks for being here. I thank you for giving me your time, and uh, and and maybe uh, maybe we'll have you back with uh, maybe a panel of students. That okay. would be that'd be fun to do. Sounds good. All right, thank you. <laughs> thanks, Kelly. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the His Hill Podcast, featuring our host. Kelly Doherty, and one of our second-year students, Haley Martin. Our annual Thanksgiving conference is coming up soon. Meals and lodging are currently full, but sessions are still available. Please call our office at 830-995-3388 to register for sessions or to inquire about availability for meals. If you cannot make it to the conference, you can still listen online to our speakers, Peter Reed and Charles Price during Thanksgiving week. Check out our website and Facebook page during the conference for live and recorded sessions. Thank you again for tuning into the His Hill podcast. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, along with Haley Martin. If you would like to get in touch with Kelly, you can contact him via email at kelly at hishill.org. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.